0: Warning, this podcast contains adult content including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy!
1: He let his weight press down. She loved the feel of him pushing her deeper into the mattress. She twisted her limbs around him, pulling him closer kissing him harder tell me she pleaded and suddenly she was desperate she had to know tell me what you said the night you met me he moved his fingers down she felt everything being pushed out of her body and brain except him and this the sounds they made were low and primal I said he rasped you should have everything you want
2: Claire,
1: Neil.
0: I'm getting old twitter pated. Goodness me, that was a s- steamy passive.
1: Sexy sexy.
0: Uh, as much as I want you to keep going, we should really do the podcast. What? Yeah, I know. Oh alright. This thing that we do for love and for fun is such an inconvenience <laughs> to us. <laughs> Hi, I'm Neil.
1: And I'm Claire. And
0: this is FMK Lit.
1: Where we read two romance novels. A straight
0: one and a queer one.
1: And then we play fuck, marry, kill with the characters. We
0: certainly do. Also, we have all the spoilers.
1: So many spoilers.
0: If you don't care about spoilers, come along on this journey with us. If you do care about spoilers, stop, go read the book, and then come back and continue on this journey with us.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Because
0: it is a journey.
1: Journey. We are going places. We are (laughs) going
0: places. we are going places we are seeing things <laughs> we're oh goodness
1: <sighs> so you yes. like to know what we read
0: yes tell me claire you picked the books
1: all right so for this time we read one to watch by kate stamen london
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the charm offensive by allison cochran
0: Great. And what was the theme?
1: The theme was reality shows, specifically reality dating shows.
0: Great. Specifically like Bachelor, Bachelor Bachelorette-esque. Yes. Great. Okay. So um, I have never seen an episode of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Surprising no one, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so I'm... Have you ever watched? Oh, yes. Okay. 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 So I'm curious to see... How true to form these books felt to you.
1: And I'm looking forward to getting into it. But first,
0: Neil. But first, yes. Neil. Yes.
1: What has got you hot and bothered?
0: Okay. So this, today, my hot and bothered is a little anecdote that I have that's actually thematic to one of our books. uh, One to watch. I mean, like, spoiler, spoiler, we're going to get into it. Our main lady is a plus-size woman who becomes the Bachelorette-esque contestant on her show and, like, what that means and all of that. Like, to her, to society, etc., cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, as someone who is not Svelte or Petite, I have also just been like, "Wow, well, this giant body I lumber around in and, like, what society tells me I should feel about that. This is a whole journey over the course of my life, et cetera, et cetera. So, huh. Just keep that in mind. That's the background, too. On the apps, <laughs> there was this guy who was messaging me across all of the apps. Wow. Like, he send me a message on one, and we'd sort of chat for a little bit, and then a few days would pass, and then he'd message me on another one, and then we'd chat a little bit, and then days would pass. and it- So it was just, like, all over the place. So I never knew where he was coming from next. And essentially we get to this point in a conversation where he's like so when are we gonna fuck and i'm like sorry what and he's like yeah well we've been talking for a while and i'm like yeah and so essentially he felt because he'd quote put in the effort of like talking to me not even for like a certain number of days straight, but spread out over a certain number of days because any time had passed whatsoever, he was entitled to sex. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I don't think we're a good match, but like, good luck. And his first and then his response was, uh, fuck you, fat asshole. And I am very proud of who I have become as a person because I know that in almost any other point in my life, I would have felt bad about that. But also, like, one, this is a man throwing a tantrum because he's been rejected. Also, we happened to be having this conversation on Growler, and I'm like, this is an app for bears. We're all fat. What the (laughs) fuck do you think you're doing here, guy? (laughs) What? So I responded with the laughing, crying, sideways emoji and moved on with my life. But it's Uh... it's just like, listen, if we were on, like... I don't know, grinder. maybe? Like, oh yeah, sure, I'm probably like the biggest guy you're seeing in a square mile or whatever. But it's like, this is a bear app, dude. Like, get it together.
1: I mean, so much is wrong with this. I mean, why not just state your preference? Like, hey, I'm here to have sex and I'm interested in having sex with you. I'd like to do that soon. Are you interested in that?
0: Well, what- see, that's a step too far, Claire. Because that seems Asking like- me my interest
1: Right. That's just like a too nice far, thing obviously. to do instead of just like so. When are we gonna fuck already? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I've been on this app for two minutes.
0: We've we've had multiple conversations now. It's been at least a month since I first messaged you. Ergo, we're entitled. to... No, nah, dude.
1: And he was on all the apps.
0: All the apps. What? Well, we're all we're all on all the apps.
1: Well, you're all on all the apps. But I get the <laughs> feeling there's like a. Uh, Again, this is a this is coming from an old lady who's been in one relationship for a very long time before there were even apps <laughs> upon the
0: phone. <laughs> upon the telephone. So What's like, a weekend?
1: <laughs> so I I just like I just feel like you pick one. You know, even if you see somebody on all of the apps, you're like, <laughs> Well, this is the one we're messaging on, so this is the one we're messaging on
0: Yeah, that's and what I'm, normal people do. I'm
1: not gonna like then hit you up on all of them
0: girl i don't know i don't know what to tell you
1: yeah bothersome yeah well i'm very sorry
0: i i like i don't even care it's just, like the f- the fact that you try to use that against me i'm like this is a bear app like, <laughs> no, no. This, this is the wrong place to try and make someone feel bad because of their body
1: <laughs> uh, sorry a, it's a plus here you weirdo
0: yeah <laughs> i was telling somebody um
1: are you new here?
0: <laughs> I was telling somebody on a different app. Or, no, it was. It was, I was talking to a guy on Growler, and he's like, Oh, yeah, I'm super into cuddling. I was like, Yeah, this is the app for it. And he's like, Really? I was like, Yeah, every guy I've come across on Growler is super pro cuddling. And like, what makes that especially fun? We're all squishy and have padding, and it makes cuddling better. So don't don't come into the Bear app and try and make me feel bad about my body. That's the wrong place for it. Shing, shing, body image shield, deflects it. Fuck <laughs> off, bro. So that's me, Claire. Yes? What has got you hot and bothered?
1: Well, of course, first off, I have to say, fuck you, Texas. Fuck you, Florida. Uh-huh. Fuck you, Ron DeSantis. Fuck you, governor of Texas. Anyway... And then of course, oh God, Ukraine, ah, scary. Okay, uh, sad, uh, okay.
0: That that sounded insincere listeners, but I know that Claire is sincere when she look, finds what's going on in Ukraine sad and scary.
1: Look, there's just too much. Just too much. And I, I have too many feelings about it. So I'm just going to like stuff them down.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: like, mm-hmm. like so many of the um, people in our books do. I'm just going to stuff my feelings down about it and ignore it. But so for my hot and bother, I want to talk to you about something I'm really hot about and think Tell is me. really amazing. Tell me. Uh, there's a podcast that I have binged the entirety of. Great. And it is called Dead Eyes. <laughs> um, I highly recommend this podcast. I do not recommend you binge it the way I did. I binged it because I'm in a weird um, emotion hole and um, I don't know how to get out or through, so I'm just staying like a little gopher. <laughs> I Not- ma- no, I imagine myself like one of those burrowing owls. Um, I have a slightly angry face. Uh-huh. I'm 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 shuffling through my hole. And I'm going to come up every once in a while for food. Other than that, I'm in my hole. (laughs) Am I meant to be in the sky? Indeed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Am I chosen
1: the ground? I
0: have. (laughs) Also, I don't know why, but I feel like it is unacceptable that we've read as much Chuck Tingle as we have. And nobody's fucked in a motion hole.
1: Chuck Tingle. (laughs) I, I, I know you're listening. I know you're listening. Um, um emotion hole, please
0: yeah as an as an orifice for sexual pleasure,
1: <laughs> anyway, but I want to recommend a podcast uh-huh. uh, and this this podcast is by Connor Ratliff, who is an actor and comedian who's been an improvisational actor and just kind of an all-around journeyman for a long time. Mm -hmm. He is great and very funny. Dead Eyes is about the time he auditioned for the HBO miniseries uh, Band of Brothers. So this was in the year 2000 when he auditioned for this. And he did get a part, a small part, a very small speaking role, and then was fired at the last minute, the day before they started shooting, by Tom Hanks himself. (laughs) And he was brought in... To this, uh, re auditioned for Tom Hanks because at some point Tom Hanks had said, because he has dead eyes. <laughs> and like, <laughs> it just, it caused him to like reassess a lot of stuff. But honestly, that's just a crazy, it's a fun story that us as actors or as like people who've been in, just, you know, the fringes of the industry for a long time. Mm-hmm are familiar with or could have heard or felt a lot about or have emotions to or connections to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, but the way he goes about it, he talks to a lot of famous people, like a John Hamm is in his first episode and they just talk about their connections, connections to Tom Hanks, but also, um, but also just what it's like to be in this industry in general, it's very funny, it's often very sweet. And I, there was an episode I full on cried through because they investigated the character that he was going to be playing, who's based on a real guy, and they looked into him. And of course, this is all about World War II stuff. So, oh my God, just like tears, tears. But it's also like this, uh, like three season long look at the career of Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and even like there's an episode where Colin Hanks comes on and talks a little bit about what it's like to be the son of some of, of like an American treasure.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and like everybody comes on and is like, well, Tom Hanks is the best. He's the nicest man alive. And the entire buildup of this was, will he get Tom Hanks on the podcast? And the news out right now, if you just looked this up, is that, yes, in fact, he does. <gasps> the, the culmination of season three, he does, in fact, get Tom Hanks on. And they have a discussion about this. And it was honestly very touching, very real. Tom Hanks does sound like the nicest man alive. Um, but it was great. It was completely funny the whole way through it was very touching it was very realistic to this industry it didn't sound like somebody grousing about losing out on a job for three seasons it just sounds like this is what it's like to be in this industry and honestly i loved it it Mm -hmm. was so good it was so well done it was expertly done i just highly recommend
0: and the name of it one more time
1: dead eyes (laughs)
0: thank you i really dislike when people describe something and they say the name right up front and i'm just like i'm not invested because i don't know what that is and then by the time they finish the description i'm like oh now i know want to i want to know what that is but i forget the name of it and then they're like okay moving on i'm like no now
1: i want to know it's dead eyes Eyes, connor ratliff dead eyes connor ratliff (laughs) although i'm sure if you just googled tom hanks between the time this episode is released and two weeks afterwards it'll come up after that i don't know google has its own things
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: there'll be other news by then sure so um but that's it should we
0: let's get into some books
1: let's get into some books
0: one to watch by kate Staman london real love as seen on tv Bea Schumacher is a devastatingly stylish, plus-size fashion blogger who has amazing friends, a devoted family, legions of Insta-fans, and a massively broken heart. Like the rest of America, Bea indulges in her weekly obsession, the hit reality show Main Squeeze. The fantasy dates, the kiss-off rejections, the surprising number of guys named Chad. But Bea is sick and tired of the lack of body diversity on the show, since one is being a size zero, a prerequisite for getting engaged on television. Just when Bee has sworn off dating altogether, she gets an intriguing call. Main Squeeze wants her to be its next star, surrounded by men vying for her affections. B agrees, on one condition, under no circumstances will she actually fall in love. She's in this to supercharge her career, subvert harmful beauty standards, inspire women across America, and get a free hot air balloon ride. That's it. But when the cameras start rolling, Bee realizes things are more complicated than she anticipated. She's in a whirlwind of sumptuous couture, internet culture wars, sexy suitors, and an opportunity, or two, or five, to find a messy, real-life love in the midst of a made-for-TV fairy tale. In this joyful, razor-sharp debut, Bee has to decide whether it might just be worth trusting these men, and herself, for a chance to live happily ever after. Okay, so Claire, tell me about this book. What happens?
1: Uh, Well, that is a lot of what happens. So B is a plus-size fashion blogger. She's she's super charming, and she's great, and she absolutely does love her life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, she goes on. She loves this particular uh, version of The Bachelor. I just want to call it The Bachelor. It's main squeeze. But um, she does love main squeeze. She's Mm -hmm. watched it all. It's like... It doesn't even feel like hate watching. Like she genuinely enjoys this,
0: but also like has issue with it because everyone on there is like conventionally attractive, size zero, et cetera, et cetera. Right, size zero
1: and white. Like there's a lot of white people. So, So her and a friend get super drunk. They watch Mm -hmm. an episode, and she just rants about it on her blog.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Her friend Marin, yes, who is great. Who's great? Just just to derail really quickly, there's a part where she's talking to Marin, and Marin's like, Now, was I born gay, or did Julia Stiles and 10 Things I Hate About You make me gay? It is impossible to know. <laughs> so, yes, I love you. I love you, Marin.
1: That was delightful. I think uh, so. And then she she closes her laptop after doing a tweet storm about it and just goes to bed. And when she wakes up, it's a whole like virality thing has happened, and mm-hmm. everything's gone crazy. And it's like B, the plus size blogger, has, you know, has put in her two cents about main squeeze, and that's all over. So, and that's very exciting for her because she has an online brand. Mm-hmm. So this is a good thing. I think most of us, if we went viral, just us normies. It would be kind of a bad shit show, but mm-hmm. for her it was great. And not only yeah. that, it got the attention of the producers of Main Squeeze, who were switching over at the time. Yeah, because the chauvinist male guy who was in charge of it was having in a was having t- sex with too many of the lady contestants, and was been kicked off. And so now. A woman who has been sort of sec- you know, like second in command is mm-hmm. now in charge. She sees B's post. She's liked B for a while. She mm-hmm. brings her on as the main
0: squeeze. Her name is Lauren.
1: Yes. So um, meanwhile, our girl B is actually nursing an entirely long like, crush heartbreak.
0: It's bonkers to me.
1: I mean, I get it but it's also i you know it's 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 also a little extended i think because recently it's sort of well it's actually it's been a year since by this time by the time she gets on the show yeah so she had a very close relationship with a guy she worked with right they were be- they were bestie friends at the office mm-hmm. they would go out drinking afterwards b had this incredible huge crush on him he never seemed to reciprocate that crush but was always like going out with the hot girls and then coming her, to her and telling her about it. And then one night, in a night of drunken passion, he kisses her. <laughs> and then he leaves. He's gone forever.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and she's sort of been nursing this crush with him. Mm-hmm. And they've had some talks and they've, they've met up a little bit. And then... In he comes back into her life. He's just gonna stop over and visit before he goes on to his fiance's family in uh San Diego. Mm-hmm. And that night he has sex with her before he leaves to go to the fiance's family. And mm-hmm. so she's holding she's heartbroken because he obviously obviously she was somebody he did have a crush on, but didn't want to admit to himself she was the what if girl we all have that what if person mm-hmm. we all have the i was secretly attracted to them but for my own reasons or other reasons didn't want to get involved but i always wondered what if and now i'm about to have a big life transition and so of course all of that old shit comes back and uh the the what if just gets all that stronger it doesn't say that in the book but this is absolutely what it was mm-hmm. so he has sex with her the what if is canceled out it's over <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. he's
1: realized what it was he feels guilty about that and he goes on with his life he's a dick
0: he's a dick he uh leaves in the middle of the night so she wakes up the next morning and he's gone forever ray. his name is ray ray
1: and he's he's a dick so she's been nursing this heartbreak over this lost crush for a while now And so when the show comes along and is like, do you want to be on it? She's like, well, fuck, might as well. (laughs) (laughs) Like, one, I think this is a good idea for the show to do. Mm -hmm. Two, it's going to be very good for my brand. (laughs) Three, yeah,
2: Yeah.
0: I want to meet a bunch of hot people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, uh, like, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, when she's like, I'm not on here to find love. I'm just here for these other reasons. Like normally it's just like, I guess whatever. But this it's it was very much like I'm ranting against the fact that they don't have a plus size woman as the main squeeze. So how could I possibly say no when they offer that to me to like, to be the change that I want to see? yeah so, and then from the girl?
1: inside she can also make some very specific like requests because they're all what kind of men do you like and she's like all shape sizes and colors please
0: she's like i want a diversity of men <laughs> 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 I, I, I appreciate in her mind i mean like yes like different different ethnicities and then also like different bodies and then she shows up, they're all, this is the most, like, culturally, racially diverse cast that they've ever had, but then there's one guy who looks like a normal guy, and then everybody else is, like, svelte or cut or whatever, and she's like, she goes to Lauren, she's like, did you not even listen to me? And then, spoiler, spoiler, we, like, find out later down the line that this is in another way is the most diverse cast i'm sure they've ever had because one guy is ace and arrow one guy is pan and polly and i'm just like get it
1: yeah get it get it get it, yeah no it is uh but of course what she sees is every guy there is super fucking fit
0: mm-hmm. except
1: for one guy who's plus sized, mm-hmm. not even plus sized, just he's a normal guy
0: he's he just has like a normal body
1: yeah Um, which is very disappointing for her and then also the horror of what she always imagines is going to happen happens in that there she is the bachelorette slash the main squeeze standing and waiting for these men to come out of their fancy cars one by one and they're all surprised that she's a plus size woman
0: yeah Lauren had gone out of her way to not um to keep From the male contestants, who she was. And then also, and like this sounds crazy, but for the sake of the book, I was on board with it. That Lauren's like, oh yeah, we're basically going to like film at the beginning part of the week and then edit towards the end of the week so that each, so they're filming as the show is releasing. Right. So it's like very truncated, very, and again, I'm like, I don't think anyone would ever do that, but for the sake of this book and how this book was structured and like Lauren wanting to shake things up, et cetera, et cetera. And then also like wanting to like, that was the easiest way to keep the men from knowing that B was the, so it, it worked out. It it, it was fine for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it was also of course calculated for maximum cruelty to be.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: because there were going to be people who, are not attracted to that. We're not expecting that. Could be attracted to it, but we'ren't expecting it in this case. Mm-hmm. And it showed on their face the moment they saw her, mm-hmm. which is which is because just got a kill. And one guy walks out, which is was actually designed that way. Yep. Again, for maximum cruelty by the show. A lot, you know, to make sure that she looks as good as possible. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the show's calculations are like they're, we're, they're gonna make as many of the men villains as possible so that she looks as good as possible mm-hmm. which is of course a whole other like sort of problem so it's and, and Lauren is very much trying to act as B's best friend here and trying to be like I know I'm on your side I'm on your side I'm on your side and part of me's like oh girl watch out for this devil
0: uh-huh. this is
1: gonna be our she's the villain Lauren is the villain
0: Lauren is the villain
1: and so i'm gonna i'm just i'm gonna gonna start with like that ceremony where the guys come out and then i'm gonna skip way ahead
0: yeah because we get to a point where it's like the final four and that like that's where
1: yeah so there's like 24 contestants Mm -hmm. and my one of my favorite parts is like five of them are all named ben
0: (laughs) this whole group is men named ben
1: (laughs) And, like, three of them are fitness instructors, Mm -hmm. and that fucking was so goddamn funny. Like, one, it's the writer shorthand just going, I can't name 24 men. I can't have (laughs) 24 named characters. I just can't. And was like, fuck it. Five of them are named Ben. And it was like, good job. This is correct. And, of course, they just all seem faceless and nameless. So, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Um, And then, of course, it's like, but one of the best things that this writer did, at least in my opinion, which you were you could tell who the top 4 or 5 were going to be mm-hmm. because they not only got names but they, we got time with them and there was sort of a hope or something mm-hmm. like we could kind of feel that like there was something different about them from just the nameless ones who came through mm-hmm. but you didn't know who she was going to end up with you genuinely didn't yeah and 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 let me tell you listeners i gulped this book down i read this yeah. book in a day I st- I st- I started this book because it was longer. I started it the day after we recorded the last podcast because I was like, it's going to take me a while to get through these books. And I just fucking gulped this whole thing down because I didn't know who she was going to end up with. <laughs> and I wanted to know. And I was
2: like, oh my God, it could be any of these guys. I might like them all.
1: <laughs> and I just, I felt like, the writer did such a good job of like capturing what is fun about those reality mm-hmm, shows,
2: mm-hmm. of
1: like getting like sucked up into the messiness and like mm-hmm. the ridiculousness, but also believing and like, oh no, like I thought this was all fake, but I do want this to be real now. And mm-hmm. like, good job, writer. Like, yeah, I... I, I I don't have to say that, Kate. We could say Kate. Good job, because I I just flew through the rest. I of
0: appreciated bunch. it. So when we, the the final four were Sam, Wyatt, Luke, and Asher. And all of them had admirable qualities and then all of them had qualities that is just like not like red flags. Well, except for Asher. We have to talk about Asher at some well, point. Well, we'll talk about Asher. Um but like okay, let's talk about Sam. Sam was so nice. Sam was so into her, but also he's 24 and like just out of school and like, obviously still trying to figure out his life a little bit. And she's
1: in her thirties now.
0: And she's in her thirties and like established. And she's like, Oh, like that's, we're in two different places in our lives. So like, that could be an issue. And I was like, yes, that is very fair. And then like, uh, Luke is this gorgeous French guy who is so very supportive of her. And I found that arc interesting because, like, all of their time together was him, like, reassuring her of, like, you're beautiful. You're amazing. And, like, I'm sorry that people are shitty to you. And then she eventually finds out that he is, uh, has gotten around I mean like of course he has he's pan she doesn't have a huge she like she's not upset about that
1: she doesn't have any problem with him being pan the problem is that one, she has internal issues and she's not really able to trust other people. She mm-hmm. just can't.
0: Yeah, she... So she
1: doesn't trust when they say nice things to her. So mm-hmm. when they say, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, she doesn't trust them. And that's in a normal situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Here
1: we're in an abnormal situation where these men are trying to win a game
2: mm-hmm.
1: that they may not be wanting to win because she's the prize. Mm-hmm. They may want to win for their own reasons. And so she doesn't, want to be made a fool of she mm-hmm. wants somebody to love her for who she is so she doesn't know if she can trust any of them when they say right. that they do love her for who she is
0: and then we find out that luke and lauren have been sleeping together right and B's like how could you how could you and luke's like no i'm still super into you you're you're gorgeous and i think we could be great together i just don't believe in monogamy and i thought it was really well done because she's like oh, fuck. I'm like, yeah, you never asked him about him in in your conversations. Like, all of their interactions. He was the only one, though, who was constantly, like, supporting her, which I appreciated. But it's like, yeah, you gotta ask him about him, too. And then, like, Wyatt, who is, like, uh, like, corn-fed farm boy is very sweet, very nice, but then she comes to realize that he's asexual and aromantic. And he's like, because you know they like they ha- she has to or doesn't have to, but like it's expected that she becomes engaged and stays engaged for at least six months, so that as soon as the um like the fufra dies down, dies down, she doesn't it doesn't matter if they break up anymore, and he's like, yeah, I'll I'll be there for you. We can because also he feels he's not out to his family and he feels pressure to like find that one. And he's like, we can help each other. We can become engaged and like appease the people that we need to appease and it'll be safe because neither of us is like really in it and at the time that feels like a very appealing proposal to her because she doesn't know what to do about Sam and Luke and Asher and she's like do I really want to risk this do I just want to be in it for what I originally wanted to be in it so this pro- this proposal that, that Wyatt has is also appealing and I'm like she might go for that like I don't know we have to talk about Asher he's a fucking asshole
2: uh yes
1: here's the thing so asher is the one who i knew she was going to end up with because he fell into our normal romance books tropes Mm -hmm. where he's so he's a single father his wife left him because she was having an affair with somebody Mm -hmm. and so because she had an affair he now feels like everybody's going to cheat on him and he doesn't know who to trust he's not very good at being communicative so there's another trope
0: right Um, away he assumes that she's not there for love that she's there for personal gain
1: which is kind of true
0: which is true but he's also a dick about it
1: yeah, which is weird because also many, like, and and also he's possessive.
0: He's super jealous. Despite yeah. the fact
1: the thing is that she's dating all of these guys.
0: Yeah, and, uh, okay, reasons why I couldn't stand Asher. Um, one, he, like, expected her to be so honest with him all the time, and then there were so many moments where like, like when they go to LACMA for that date and they start kissing and then he pulls away, she's like, what the fuck? And it's not until later, he's like, oh, I should have told you that I have kids. So like, I can't get too invested because I'm like what that means to the kids, which is fair. There's like several times that he's just like, oh, I should have told you before now that blank. Yeah. And yet, and yet he basically, because it gets to the point where like, She and, is it, I think it's before she and Luke actually fuck. I don't remember, but it's implied that they have fucked, if not have have actually fucked. And then, like, it's the point in the show where she goes to, like, visit their families. And basically, Asher's like, well, I deserve to know whether or not you fucked Luke before I introduce you to my kids. And she's like, I guess. I mean, I understand why he's upset. I'm like, no, he's a fucking douche. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> and then, of course, what happens? Okay. Okay. I loved this book. I fucking loved this book. And we'll get into that. But then at the very end, oh, Ray shows up. And then it's. Oh, like... oh
1: we got to get into why Ray shows up because that's a whole thing. <sighs> we can't just like say Ray shows up because he doesn't just show up.
0: Ray shows up. Okay. So, okay. One of the things that this book has done better than almost every other book we read is all the stuff in it that's not the story. So there's like Twitter threads, headlines, text message transcripts. There's this like
1: there's this amazing the fan
0: message forum. Yeah,
1: there's a f- there's a fan message forum where it's actually like uh it's almost like a Slack channel that has been put together specifically for brackets mm-hmm. for be- for betting who's gonna win yeah and. It's adorable because there's a girl who's like a fucking taskmaster, and she's gonna she's gonna make this happen. And there's Colin who's always fucking it up, and she's always angry at him. And they're always like, and he's brand new to this thing. And everybody's chit chatting, and she's always yelling at people to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. And so every couple of chapters, you get some of them talking about what they just saw in the episode. And then at the last one, she and Colin get together, and it's a romance and a romance.
0: And, and then I'm there's the kidding. two the two podcasts hosts Uh and it's like snippets from beginnings of their episodes and one of the hosts like gets the other one hooked on the show and they talk about it and it's all done very well because all of those things are very charming and funny and then they are also very effective at communicating what has happened and what's going on uh, without feeling like an info dump also this author did not hold back about how cruel angry men are to fat women on the internet.
1: No, oh, yeah, <clears throat> I really appreciated that. Yeah, like just and these are all messages that I've not not just seen but have been sent to me. Yeah. like just like angry messages, yeah. like weird and like the one you said, just like well, that <laughs> you know, well, I'm angry about something else or I'm angry because I'm throwing a fucking fit, so I'm going to call you fat. Yeah. Like, and, I, and that was great.
0: I brought all this up because. Uh, there's a a very important moment of my reading experience that I need to share with everyone. So then one of these, like, sort of interlude sections is Ray sends, uh, B an email after having seen that she's going on the show. And of course he's fucking mad. He's like, what, you're going on the show and you didn't even tell me? Even though it's been a year and he has not returned any of her phone calls or text messages so, of course, he feels entitled to her time or whatever. Um, and basically, he's like, I've been trying to call you and text you. And, of course, she doesn't have her phone on her anymore. And it's like, so just please, like, e- I'm sending you this email. Please. Step up. And when he's when when I read that part, when I read that it was an email from him and the place and where it was in the book, I said out loud in an empty room now, <laughs> like, not OK, Ray. But then he gets in touch with uh, the producers and then they he like gives his sob story about how he broke up with his fiance because he's realized he's in love with B, et cetera, et cetera. So they bring him onto the show and spring him on her. He
1: becomes one of the one of the surprise final contestants. Yes. So when she uh, so when Wyatt leaves, Mm -hmm. um, so it's just supposed to be the three last guys um luke asher and sam
0: sam 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 luke and asher no sam wyatt and asher
1: no wyatt leaves
0: no because she but no she votes luke off after no
1: she keeps luke
0: no she doesn't
1: yes she does no she doesn't yes she does
0: no after she finds out that he was sleeping with lauren no she gets rid of him.
1: she gets rid of wyatt no yes she's gonna keep wyatt because he's the one to like, she's like, I've, you know, promised. Right, but she keeps him longer no, no, than no, Luke. No, no, no. So she's going to keep him and get rid of Luke. Like, that's the thing right. she's so going to do. So
0: it's, by the time Ray shows up, it's Wyatt. Sam and Asher
1: no she gets Rid of Wyatt because she's Like Wyatt I'm gonna keep you and then She's like I can't I can't actually do that Because she's She started to believe she might actually be in love With one of these three other guys Uh... And so she doesn't want to keep Wyatt when she doesn't have those Feelings for him but then
0: she also gets rid of Luke Later before Ray shows up That is correct
1: you're Correct but she does get rid of Wyatt before she gets rid of Luke
0: (laughs) Okay I lost in the brackets sorry <laughs> Maureen or whatever her name was Well
1: because uh, what happens is they they all do they do the hometown thing where mm-hmm. they kind of they see everybody and then there's the sex night where they have a lovely like big date and so it's the three of them it's um, Luke, Sam and Asher and uh, uh, Sam and Asher, both of them at the end of their perfect date are like, but I don't want to have sex with you tonight. And both for their own reasons and uh-huh. both that are perfectly good but she's like um this was the one thing i was really looking forward to right
0: and and i appreciate she pointed out it's like i understand that like you have very good intentions but also that this is just another situation where the attractive man chooses not to sleep with the fat girl yes on national television Yes,
1: and she was just like so she's heartbroken and then so the third date is luke and she's like Part and she's just like, well, you don't want to have sex with me either. He's like, oh no, we gonna fuck. We gonna fuck, girl. And that's when we get to the part I read at the very beginning of this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They 100% fuck and it's great. Mm -hmm. She wakes up, yawn, stretch. I've I've come so many times and I'm excited about it and I'm gonna tell my bestie friend producer Lauren all about it. She goes down to the editing bay and she hears sex noises what's that she walks in on Luke and Lauren having sex Mm -hmm. and they're Mm -hmm. like oh well." it practically happened like this it did not this is not a direct quote it practically happened Lauren looks up and is like oh shit Luke pulls his face out of Lauren's vagina (laughs) practically wipes his upper lip and is like oh hey (laughs) (laughs) oh
0: hey um
1: this isn't a problem is it
0: <laughs> right um and then uh so when ray shows up
1: so yeah then luke is off luke is off so
0: luke is gone it's gone. so then it's sam and asher and it was going to be wyatt but he leaves anyway whatever ray shows they bring in ray and then that's when then ray tell because also uh asher and b had talked about ray and like the fact that she was still hung up on this guy but of course b was very ambiguous about it because as far as she knew ray was still with his fiance and she's like i'm not gonna like ruin their relationship by ratting him out on national television right that's not the way to do that
1: absolutely protecting uh protecting susan whatever her name is whatever the fiance fiance of ray yeah like i'm not gonna on national television say this Susan's gonna know it was her yeah <laughs> She's gonna get this figured out, but she doesn't need to have her name blasted.
0: Uh-huh. uh-huh Which is uh-huh. I think fair Yeah, yeah,
1: um also here's the thing though, and I get I get that Asher's like I'm a, I'm weird about cheating Fine whatever but dude you kind of like people have their own fucking backstory. Yeah
0: <laughs> he just he so he finds out cuz ray
1: out She was the other woman right And is now like oh you're dirty whore.
0: Yeah, he's like you fucking lied to me You're only doing this for your own game And then he does he says this terrible like oh well I bet you wanted me to sleep with you so you could you know like get your claws in me whatever but too bad for you I'm not Luke cuz he's been jealous of Luke this whole goddamn time and then he storms off the show and I'm like bye bitch <laughs> so then it's between Ray and Sam. And like this whole book, this whole book, whenever Ray comes up and she's still mooning over Ray, I'm like, girl, fucking get over it. Like it was a little much for me. But then when Ray did show up, I'm like, she might actually pick Ray because that's what they've been, as annoying as thought... it has been. I mean,
1: there's a moment where I thought she might, but
0: I didn't honestly, but like there was, like it, it looks like it could have gone that way if that's what the, if that's what, if, if the, because it could, the narrative could have been, oh, she had to go on this journey to finally find the love that was there the whole time or whatever kind of thing, which is bullshit people like to do. um, So Sam and Ray both propose to her. She says no to both of them. Yes. And then it's like, I chose me loving myself. I'm like. Okay, great. But then there was enough left in the book. I'm like, she's going to end up with one of these dudes and it's fucking Asher. Why Asher? I never understood why she was attracted. I mean, he was hot and like a good dad. But then beyond that, like all of their conversations were him being kind of horrible to her and then her feeling like she needed to make it up to him for some weird reason. So I loved this book, but then when I got to the ending, I was like, "Fucking why? Why fucking Asher?" Yeah, yeah, was that so was so upset.
1: I mean, things that I liked about Asher besides him being hot, um, or the idea of an Asher is that she likes older guys, and that is something mm-hmm. that she's into, and that Ray was actually a. A, a divergent of that mm-hmm. like and like asher is the type of guy she's she likes a lot um the other thing that was that i really did like about asher and i thought this was a great moment when they were in lacma at the very top he wants to tell her something real and they haven't had any time to be alone together so he fills the monologue that he tells her with curse words because he knows they can't use it in the edit Mm -hmm. and so everything he's saying to her is real Mm -hmm. it's about her and that makes her more comfortable with him
0: that that moment was great I really did appreciate that but then later he like he realizes he's in love with her so then he he goes to try and track her down in LA and they run into each other in LACMA and she's like what the hell bro and he's like well if you weren't here to see me what are you doing here and she's like because I fucking like art like I told you this is one of my favorite places it's not about you and he's like, blah, blah, blah. like, I'm so upset about it. <sighs> but I loved the book. I really enjoyed reading it. I really and, did like, too. And like, B is a boss, and I love her.
1: I know. I, I, I thought like the complexity of her issues around her body was treated really well.
0: Mm-hmm. In
1: that You can't just feel perfectly good about it, even if your job is to feel perfectly, is to say that you feel perfectly good and proud, like that it's a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked that we really didn't, like, there was delicious food that Mm -hmm. was around, but we really didn't get into the emotions of food. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just eating for eating's sake. And we didn't spend a lot of time on it, which I thought was really delightful that um, I. I also there was all the talking points that you ever see on the internet about like, well, you're not my doctor. So you actually can't tell if I'm healthy or not. Mm-hmm. Like, But those weren't like dug into deeply. It was just like, no, I'm a human being mm-hmm. and I deserve to be treated like a human being. And I thought that was great, too. Mm-hmm. I loved that her family was super supportive. Like she had a good family who was nice.
0: Her brothers who like. that stunt on those asshole dudes that was was great that
1: was amazing that was great uh i also um so the one guy who was on who was also normal size guy jefferson jefferson was a horrible person
0: he's a bad person
1: um i kind of wish we'd gotten in some of the like i that wasn't the direction i expected it to go like i i expected him to be mean i knew that was gonna happen like i just knew it but i expected him to be mean like thinking like I came on to this show as the first normal size looking guy and they, they pair me up with a fat girl.
0: Mm, like mm-hmm. am
1: I not deserving of of like a hot girl too? That's where I thought he was gonna go. And mm-hmm. I'm really glad they didn't. Yeah. Like I'm glad like where he went was that was the nice guy route. I'm a nice guy.
0: <laughs> and then when she turned him down he threw a fucking tantrum, a la this dude that messaged me on the apps. I also, uh, something that I also liked when it was announced that B was the main squeeze and, like, the reactions to it, uh, one felt very genuine in that there were people who were terrible, but then also there, there were people who were like, this isn't helping anything by putting her on this, like, exploitative highly produced like this isn't solving the problem this is just being like oh no you deserve to be part of this broken system also blah blah blah
1: right that if if you're really against that if you're really against what this system is perpetuating you can't take part in it
0: right
2: that
1: taking part in it is is just is 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 the acceptance of it and i thought that was one, a conversation that's not in the other book. Two It mm-hmm. <laughs> emphatically not in the other book. Anyway, anyway, blah, 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 before we get there. But mm-hmm. like two, like I thought it was fair. It's mm-hmm. a fair argument. It
0: is a fair argument. But at the same time, at the live finale, the audience was filled exclusively by women who had like tweeted and posted places that they had felt empowered and inspired by B because they also are women who are not. Like model gorgeous and model thin so like and that was a moment that they're like be here and they like shifted the light so that she was able to see that it was an audience of women who looked like her who had been inspired because she looked like them I was like oh that's so very sweet we do need to t- we do need to talk about real fast that really weird date at the prom
1: yeah so, and that was with Sam.
0: No, that was with Wyatt.
1: Oh, it was with Wyatt. That's I how she, yeah. that's
0: how the, the way that we introduced that Wyatt was a virgin was on a date with Wyatt, B and Wyatt went to an actual high school where they were throwing a fake prom with actual high school students. And then like. B and Wyatt were named prom king and queen, but then the high school kids also voted on their prom king and queen. Right, because they didn't
1: know these people.
0: (laughs) Right. But then also it was a fake prom. Like, it wasn't real prom, because this was like March or something. So then the two couples were up there, and then they were like, okay, let's play a game to see which couple knows each other better. And then there were a lot of questions about sex. And they're like, oh, but for you high school kids, we're just talking about making out. And the kids are like, okay, sure. And I'm like, why did the writer write this scene like this? This is so weird. It was,
1: it was real. And I kind of felt like it was like, why not just have adults? Yeah. Why not just have this be
0: adults? It could have been like the crew.
1: like Or crew we prompt. could have made it especially uncomfortable, which is something I would have done as a reality show producer. Uh-huh. Bring back her high school.
0: Oh like... <laughs> no! So it's like a reunion slash prom reenactment, right? Of her graduating of class, of her
1: graduating like, and so like, and then oh. we get to see a lot of them because I've looked at pictures of every, people from my high school. We've all gained weight, <laughs> <laughs>
2: even the
1: ones who haven't have. Uh, yeah, you no, know? so like we've all like become older Mm -hmm. and we've all like had ups and downs in our lives. And so the funniest thing, when you walk in as a 30 year old into your old high school and you see people, it's like, there's a lot more forgiveness Mm -hmm. because you're like, Oh, I was an, I was the asshole. I was an asshole. And like, there's a lot more interesting and weird conversations. There's a lot we could have learned about B from people who had seen her around, or mm. like, were like, I was cruel to you, but I shouldn't have been. Like, or like, all these people would be normal people because she grew up in a tiny town.
0: Yeah. Or we see people who are still fucking assholes.
2: And
1: people who are still fucking assholes, and like, just confirm it, but like, her mm-hmm. being able to be better.
2: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, like,
1: and her being the most famous person there now.
2: Like,
0: yeah.
1: like that would have been great. Like, I mm-hmm. think. And I I missed opportunity there.
0: Instead of talking about sex to a room full of high schoolers.
1: But um, I did think it was cute. Of course, whatever. I mean, I flew through this book. I felt uh, this was one of the first like plus sized heroin books where I didn't feel like we also had to have scenes where I want to watch you eat. I was really happy that we didn't have any of those scenes. And I really felt like the sex was good. She was a sexualized, mm-hmm. sexual, sexualized person. I, I appreciate the fact that she mentioned that she had dated other people and she did date other people, that it wasn't just Ray, but she really hadn't had a serious relationship. So it fell into some of the same old tropes. Mm-hmm. In some ways, I feel like this book could have the same conversation with a lot of the Jezebel-like uh, commentators that were in the book which is like yeah. how can you participate in changing the system if you're sure. actively part of it
0: yeah but i mean i will say as far as we can tell that time that she hooked up with ray that wasn't her first time having sex either
1: no it wasn't her first time having sex
0: so and then and then yeah it was just like the hang up on ray sort of got in the way of her dating seriously but yeah i agree that's like why but um, they had Marin show up so she had her friend she had her support which was really nice
1: that was good I mean again this is tropes that we broke she was she was somebody she was a she was a person of size where the book didn't focus on food mm-hmm. tropes that they kept uh, the taciturn uh, like overly uh, over, over overly like uh, the taciturn kind of anchor guy is the one who wins out and so like i don't uh, yeah i mean and there was so much i wanted to like about asher and then we we're just like oh no we gotta
0: <sighs> also there was i i enjoyed luke but also he was a pastry chef so it's like uh oh what if she ends up with the gorgeous man who like her pastries all the time and right, like right, but not even, to say you shouldn't do that but also right. like but i was so glad because it girl. didn't go
1: there because it could have because he came mm-hmm. to her in the middle of the night and they made food together and mm-hmm. i thought here it is here's the scene and no they just made food
0: it's, they just made food and i was like thank you yeah yeah yeah
1: and then the one guy there was like at the very beginning there is one guy who is a fat fetishist yeah and, and you know what if you know if you are a lady who uh who openly calls herself fat who enjoys that word and lives in it and lives in her body that way and you enjoy a fat fetishist every once in a while girl i am not going to say no to you get what you want
0: <laughs> <laughs> get but what you want
1: i do feel like
0: break those skinny man
1: that the man in this book who is a fat fetishist assumed that that's what she would like yeah and he is incorrect
0: incorrect
1: and she was like i yeah yeah no. <laughs> bye <laughs> i mean you can have beautiful feet and thus every once in a while give in to a foot fetishist who is going to love on you but that may not be what you're into personally
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway uh there was a lot to love in this book mm-hmm. it was super funny
2: mm-hmm. uh
1: i thought it treated a lot of complex issues with a lot of grace, mm-hmm. but also a lot of fun and mm-hmm. a lot of spirit.
0: Yeah. T- towards the end, like, I got to a point one night that I was like, oh, I'll probably finish this tomorrow. Like, just judging by how much I had left. And I was like, "Or I could just see what happens. And I stayed up until two in the morning finishing this book. Not because I'm like, oh, shit, I have a deadline. But it's like, I... I'm enjoying reading this book and I want to see what happens.
1: Same. I also did. I also stayed yeah. up until like two in the morning. Yeah. So anyway, that was that book.
0: That was that book.
1: The charm offensive by Allison Cochran. The real love story happens behind the scenes. Dev Deshpende has always believed in fairy tales. It's no wonder that he spent his career crafting them and the long-running reality dating show ever after. As the most successful producer in franchise history, Dev's always Dev always scripts the perfect love story for his contestants even as his own love life crashes and burns. But then the show casts a disgraced tech wonderkind, Charlie Winshaw, as its star. Charlie is far from the romantic Prince Charming Ever After expects. He doesn't believe in true love and agreed to appear on the show only as a last ditch effort to rehabilitate his image. In front of the cameras, he's a stiff, anxious mess with no idea how to date 20 women on national television. As Dev fights to get Charlie to connect with the contestants in a whirlwind worldwide tour, they begin to open up to each other. Charlie realizes he has better chemistry with Dev than his co-stars. And between reality TV, uh, uh, but even reality TV has a script. And in order to find their way to happily ever after, they have to reconsider whose love story gets told and why Uh, Neil Uh um, before we get to was that that book Uh so we just said I finished one book in a day Uh it took me the full two weeks to read this book. (laughs) Um, I would describe every page of this book as its own unique chaos <laughs> <laughs> that I felt inflicted with,
2: uh-huh.
1: and I, I kept thinking to myself, "No, no, 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 no! This is just you, in your emotion hole, unable to like focus." Mm-hmm. So I, I did all the things I normally do with books when I have to read them and I'm having a hard time. Neil. I finished this book last night at 3 (laughs) (laughs) a.m. I finished this book last night at 3 a.m. Because I didn't want to be reading it when you came over. Because I would read a page. Go. uh, And then put it down and walk away. And my husband would yell. Claire. Read the book. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. This took me two weeks to read. And Neil. Neil.
2: Okay.
0: How me I'm, about your experience of reading this book. I'm so glad that you said that because reading this book was, a, was such a slog for me. And I'm just like, clearly it's me. I don't know. I'm like already... because Okay, so I've never been interested in The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. In fact, I'm actively repulsed by them. So I'm like, oh, I'm just like sick of dealing with that in these books. Or I'm just this is, but it was also hard for me to get through this book. Um, okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to explain the premise, and a lot of this is stuff we find out, like, three-quarters of the way through, because it's part of, like, the backstory and the character development, whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay. So, Charlie, who is the prince on Ever After, okay, no, sorry, sorry. Put a pin in all that, real fast. I just have to start. So the name of the TV show is Ever After, and this book begins with ten-year-old Dev watching Ever After, and it's like he watched Ever After, and you know felt this and blah blah blah. It's like, oh, the Drew Barrymore movie? No, that's the name of the show. We're not talking about the Drew Barrymore movie.
1: Well, and it's so funny because this the 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 channel it's on is so obviously also ABC, uh-huh. but they call it like what the the family magic channel or something and it's like uh but and there's disney also exists in this world just separately and i'm like it's just fucking disney
0: <laughs> yeah okay so the premise of this book is that charlie wishbish uh winshaw winshaw charlie winshaw has ocd and like actual ocd and he he's like it's not like oh i just get really you know distra... or like it's upset when it's, it's not, not cute it's not cute
1: like this is not written in a way that is isn't like mostly when we read these romantic books and somebody has ocd like there's something adorable about mm-hmm. it this is not adorable no 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 no, no he has panic attacks
0: yeah, yeah yeah so he has ocd he's a like a general anxiety disorder he is not he does not enjoy really interacting with people or stepping outside of his comfort zone and so he and a friend from college founded a tech company
1: and one of the most frustrating parts of this book and there are very many (laughs) we do not know what this tech company does and in fact we do not know what charlie did for this tech company except it was the nerdy part yeah and that's that's it that's what we know he has made a billions of dollars on this yeah he but and unknown then of course
0: he just so happens to be beautiful and then just so happens to use exercise as a tool for his for dealing with his anxiety so he has an eight pack so he's a blonde, so healthy beautiful millionaire with an eight pack anyway so he was at a meeting with the board of his company and he had an anxiety attack. And apparently nobody in that room had ever seen an anxiety attack before because they later decided that he was all crazy and couldn't run the company anymore so they fired him. And then his agent, uh, Parisa, who I mentioned because she's the best. Fucking love oh, her.
1: really? Because I loved her until I hated her. That's fair. And then I hated her. That's
0: fair. Okay. She's... Anyway. So, they... Parisa and Charlie concoct this scheme that to convince his... The, the So, his ex-friend and co-founder of this company to convince him that he's a normal quote normal and should get his job back is he's going to go on this reality dating show
1: i I, I don't even feel like it's just him it's like all of the tech industry that he needs to get another job in tech and i was like okay one that's not how it works when you have that much money you don't apply for jobs anymore or when you have that much money
0: and when you're a genius like he is just start another fucking company.
1: Yeah, you started one. You're fine, dude. Just start another company. I mean, I, I was, I, but we, again, didn't know what he did. We didn't know what this company did. Yeah. So we couldn't say just start another company because I didn't know what the fuck he did.
0: But then also the leap in logic of I had an anxiety attack. So to convince people I'm normal, I'm going on this dating show. Like it's so bizarre and it's like
1: very bizarre.
0: I almost wish because you know part of his journey is 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 realizing that he is queer and on the ace spectrum put a pin in that that's a whole other topic of conversation um like I almost wish it had been he had this like very public uh incident with a woman and everyone's like oh he's bizarre so like even that doesn't make sense but then like why he's on the dating show ties in very specifically to the thing that happened as opposed to like an anxiety attack in a board meeting
1: or I felt like and later what happens with his partners His partner comes back and is like, you know what it, it works. This whole thing works He's like I see that you've normalized yourself and you're you know, not having attacks. So could you come on and I'd like you to be a consultant and run the code or something for Whatever. this dating app that we're working on? And I was like, you know, this whole thing actually would have worked a lot better if Charlie Winsaw was just a rich guy who was coming out of who had come out of college a while ago worked at a bunch of tech places and now he and his partner were founding a dating app service and he wasn't working the dating part of it he was just Mm. working the app part of it but they wanted investors and they thought oh let's put one of us on this dating reality show and then we'll get and then we'll get like You know, like maybe promote promos for the app. Mm -hmm. Like it it all locks in because it's all dating stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we'll also like that way it hadn't even started yet. And like maybe some investors had seen him be like weird with women. And like, how could this person who doesn't even understand women understand dating? Right.
0: Or it had to be him because his partner was married or something.
1: Right. But
0: anything, anything that would have made more sense.
1: Literally, we can now drop the entire thing. All our listeners need to know is Charlie Winshaw is rich. He has panic attacks. He has OCD. And he wants to prove something to the world. We're just going to say that. Because the premise of why he's on the show otherwise makes no fucking is bonkers.
0: sense. Okay. Also, so now Dev, who is obsessed with this show and obsessed with fairytale endings and obsessed with happily ever afters and obsessed with romance. Uh... Is a showrunner. He's a fucking mess. He's a goddamn mess. Like he just—he's the—you know—like he will just eat like shit and not sleep for three months or whatever while they're filming, and then literally like sleep for two weeks straight to make up for it, kind of thing. And just like guy, get it together.
1: And up until recently, he was dating one of the other producers on the show. As long as he's been. One of the producers of the show. Uh He's also been dating one of the producers Uh of the show. And now they've broken up. And yeah, literally his whole life is falling apart.
0: His whole life is. And then the thing, too, that is like kind of weird to me is we, so the ex is named Ryan. And we get this impression of Ryan from Dev, and then also watching Ryan interact with people. It's like, oh, yeah, he's a fucking asshole. So then it's the whole thing. It's like, well, then why was he with him in the first place? And then there's this moment where Dev is like, yeah, I fell for Ryan, and we started dating, and he told me up front that he doesn't, you know, believe in marriage. He doesn't want marriage, kids, any of that. But I thought I could change him. And I was like... Okay, the, again, this is another book written, written by a woman that I assume to be straight about two queer men falling in love. She is not. Oh, okay.
1: I, I did look her up.
0: Okay, great. Um, But this whole, like, I dated this guy because I was certain I could change him. Like, I don't know. Like, it feels like that's a narrative given to female characters. And I'm sure in real life, everyone of all stripes, has done this kind of thing. But, I like, it just felt weird to... Like, I personally, and, you know, my experience is limited, have never met a queer man who's like, well, he said he wanted this, but I thought I could... Like, fundamental foundations of a relationship, but I thought I could change him, so I dated him anyway. I don't know. It's... uh, Anyway. Um, But then there's a point where... Dev and Ryan sort of talk it out, and Dev is like, yeah, you, you only like it when I'm fun, Dev, because he suffers from depression. And he's like, you only like it when I'm fun, Dev. And Ryan's like, no, when you were having, when you were when you were suffering from your depression, you shut me out. You did not let me in to help you, support you, or anything. And like, when I brought up, hey, maybe a good idea to start therapy again, you got defensive, very defensive about it. So it's, it's like all this to say, I feel like Dev should not be in a relationship.
1: And no, and the book agrees with you to a point, which is to a point, which is a whole nother thing. And so I want to say real quick. So the book follows the same sort of pattern because it's also a bachelor sort of show. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we've got. Charlie is our main guy in this case. It's all based around princes, so he's our prince. We've got all the princesses coming in, and in this case, there's twenty-four. There's yeah. twenty of them, and and the this show author... really
0: leans into like the fairy tale prince yeah. princess thing. Constantly. And the show
1: sounded r- ridiculous in delightful ways. Yeah, um, this one On has purpose. way more games with like the uh-huh. girls that they have to do weird things. They had to do
0: group quest competition things, and yeah,
1: yeah. So, um. We don't we get introduced to maybe five girls. Um but on the whole, like, they're just a mass. They Mm -hmm. are a mass. And in fact, this book, even though it follows so it follows the same sort of thing where it's we're whittling down the girls Mm -hmm. until we get to the end. There's ceremonies and all of that. Uh, this one actually is pre recording. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's almost like what, two three months. It's three months that this one takes place. So it's not the sped up timeline of the other book um and because they're not the main part of the romance these other women except for the five that we kind of get to name we don't get to know at all they're a mass Mm -hmm. and Charlie isn't happy to be there and like at the very beginning of this I'm like why the fuck did he sign up for this I never understood he doesn't like people touching him Mm -hmm. is one of his things one of his things is don't touch me and I'm like, oh, and then you went on a reality dating show. Brilliant. Obvi <laughs> <laughs> a good idea.
0: You, you don't like interacting with people, especially in large groups. Yeah. Yep. Dating 20 women at once is the best way to do this.
1: Dating 20 women at once surrounded by 100 crew people. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Should work out fine. Yep. Um, and Dev specifically is set up as his handler. Yeah. So Dev comes in and is supposed to help him out. So right away we have a for- we have a situation where it's forced proximity. They are forced to be together and it's not hate to love. They like each other right away. They're both like into each other. And then this is kind of how the course of it is going to go. Um, so the first half of the book, I would say, would be dealing with Charlie's OCD and his anxiety and the second half of the book is finding out that Dev has depression and dealing with Dev's depression Mm -hmm. and Charlie's anxiety more or less goes away and he becomes a perfect guy who knows everything there is to know about mental health Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the beginning of the book you would think this man has never met a therapist middle of the book you find out no 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 he has an ongoing relationship with a therapist that he's had for a while and he's very happy with it and is on medication and i'm like oh okay so sir (laughs) sir sir mr winshaw so you have tools to deal with a disabling anxiety Mm -hmm. disorder you have professionals who are helping you and you have medication, and you still thought it was a good idea to mm-hmm. go on a reality dating show.
0: And then on top of that, we don't hear about any of those things until, I mean, like we see some of the tools like he takes three deep breaths and he like does this thing where he taps out the word common Morse code on his leg or whatever. But like, we don't see the therapist and the medication and any other tools he may have in his toolbox are not even mentioned until most of the way through the book. I'm just like, how did we get this far and not know that these things were true?
1: Well, and it's in opposition to dev. Yeah. Who's refusing
2: help.
0: hmm.
1: And... So it doesn't actually feel like, <sighs> Okay. As somebody who has a therapist and also takes medication for general anxiety and has been working through real clinical depression, let me just say, there's a moment in this book where <laughs> Dev, Dev's, no, no, where Charlie's friend, Parsha, looks at Dev across the room and diagnoses him with clinical depression after having only met him thrice.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm like, no, bitch, that is not how that works. <laughs> that is Goodness. not at all how that works. And not only that, how Dev's depression works while it has the rhythms of a lot of depression mm-hmm. and, every, and a lot of people's depression is different. It is uh, not something that can just be cured by acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. It is not something where someone's like, oh, I'm just going to stay with you while you're going through this. Nope. That doesn't make it better. It doesn't matter if somebody chooses to sleep next to me while while, while I'm in my emotion hole. It doesn't matter if they bring me food it doesn't matter if they tell me they love me it doesn't matter if they tell me i'm wonderful
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i need a professional (laughs) and medication and tools like i need a lot of like work and i need to communicate with that other person to tell them how i need to use my own personal tools to get me through this and i was Mm -hmm. like of all of the books we've read that have dealt with grief depression, anxiety, Uh, I honestly felt this was the one that did the worst job. Oh, no. Which I feel feel really bad about because after reading this, I got very curious about the author. Mm -hmm. And at four in the morning, this morning, I looked her up. And she seems like a lovely person. Like she's a teacher, she's going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, she And she admits so in at the end of this book in the acknowledgements page that she just recently did get her own therapist and is like going through therapy herself for the first time in her life. And I'm like really proud of her. Like, good job. Yeah. And like, I want the author, if she ever listens to this to know, like I am proud of you and your journey. And maybe you really should not have tackled <laughs> mental health issues like this until you'd been through it a little bit longer with your therapist. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you were working some shit out, mm-hmm. but that you put down in a book things that are not helpful for people who are going through it. Yeah. Um, and it was hard to read those parts. Mm-hmm. It was, and in fact, like, ugh, I just wanna go to one. So uh, we've just talked about Charlie and all of his anxieties and all of the things he's going through and how oh I swear to god I thought I marked it like this difficult time he and yep there it is he and dev are in the middle of an argument he's trying to convince dev like i you know i he says charlie says needing therapy doesn't mean you're broken i've been in therapy for my ocd since i was 12 Again, why did this man go on this show?
2: <laughs>
1: and not because I want to prove anything to anyone but myself. Dev snorts. Well, that's great for you, but I'm really fine. And then Charlie says, I could never be with someone who isn't healthy, Dev. Um Nope. I almost stopped reading. Neil, I almost stopped reading. I almost threw the book across the room. Like, I mean, I've been in therapy for like several years now, been on medication for several years and I feel like I'm doing a really good job. And in this moment when I'm like, um, out of work. Struggling with like who I am as a person at 40 out of work. Um, I'm having to access all the tools, mm-hmm. all of them, and I feel like a superwoman. Like, I joked about being in an emotion hole, but I actually feel like I'm doing a really good job. If this has happened to me two years ago, I don't know what would have happened, but like, this is the love interest who goes through his own shit who has been through like therapy since he was 12 and he looks at another human being that he actively is in love with and says I can't be with someone who isn't healthy oh honestly I was really angry
2: mm-hmm.
1: anyway Neil you say things now <laughs> <laughs> I just like I just want to acknowledge that my feelings are valid, and it is okay to cry, and I don't want to stop crying. I just want to move on from the point. Okay.
0: <laughs> and I'd like to thank you for bringing it up because I, like, I am not equipped to comment on this the the way that you are. Um, like, it's it's not my experience. So, like, thank you for sharing that. But then, even to me, who hasn't been through anything remotely like this, I'm like, that doesn't feel right at all. <laughs> that's not a thing you should say because then because also like what the fuck do you mean by healthy what does that mean does that mean that you are currently managing your mental health issues and like
1: Uh, sir who is on a reality show to prove to the tech industry that you can do a job (laughs) (laughs)
0: like what the fuck does healthy mean in this instance it's so bananas like if if I mean, correct me, correct me if you feel that if if I'm if this isn't true, but I feel like if he had something more, if he'd said something more along the lines of like, I don't want to be with someone who isn't willing to put in this kind of work on themselves. That would
1: that would be fine.
0: And like, I'm so happy to support you, but I only have it in me to support you if you are trying to support yourself.
1: Yes. Yes. That yeah. would be fine, and I one hundred percent agree. Like, yeah. I, I really, and, and and we'd gotten to a point in the book too, like you had mentioned, where the boyfriend Ryan had mentioned something similar, mm-hmm. or is going to. I don't remember the exact course of events. Matter. So, like, he had. Mentioned like I couldn't be there for you. You didn't want me to be there for you. I tried I had to take care of myself Mm -hmm. And in the end what Dev does is he leaves the show Because he realizes he needs to take care of himself Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: that all these people who are saying these things are right that this show is toxic and bad for him Mm -hmm. as a person and his mental health And he needs to go and take care of himself Mm -hmm. So
0: it doesn't help that his his therapist's wife watches the show. It does not help. <laughs> that was cute. Um, because I did not research her author at uh, Ridiculous O'Clock in the Morning. Was anything said about uh, her identifying as ace?
1: No, nothing was said about that. And okay. again, this was on her Instagram. Okay. So all I saw was uh, a lovely person who I think is her partner now. Great. At least they've been going for long enough that she thanked her for being there. And I, I say her and I shouldn't say her. I didn't look at her pronouns, so that's yeah. oh, I said her again. <laughs> I didn't look at their pronouns, so I can't be sure. Okay. Um, but I will say with somebody, and they look cute as hell.
0: Great. <laughs> I'm I'm pleased as punch for the both of them. The thing that Okay. So this is a thing that I see a lot and like happened in this book, but it, it was like kind of different. So I, I, I don't, okay. So the thing that I notice a lot is, uh, and a lot of these romance novels is like, oh, well, you know, like you don't need someone to love you to love yourself. Like you don't need to be in a relationship. And then as soon as somebody learns that lesson, then they end up in a relationship. So the narrative is no, you need to end up in a relationship, and like the reward for realizing that you don't need to be in a relationship is being in a relationship, which to me is fucked up.
1: Especially when we're actually dealing with people who are ace.
0: Right. So that's so <laughs> that's like, the.
2: Th- whoa, 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 this so doesn't then work anymore. <laughs> so then
0: what happens here is, and I fre- I think it's, I think it's with Parisa that Charlie has this conversation, that, like. Someone explains to him like asexuality, like everything else, is a spectrum, and maybe you are on it, maybe that sort of explains some of your experiences, give it a think, et cetera et cetera and then like as kind of as soon as Charlie understands that he may be on the asexual spectrum or something like that so that his his relationship to sex is different from the typical relationship to sex as soon as he acknowledges this then he endeavor hooking up and like they never have to negotiate Charlie's relationship with sex and l- like I feel that and this is an assumption on my part so ace folk if I I'm speaking out of turn, let me know. But I feel like if there are two people who are in a relationship and one of them is ace and one of them isn't, like, that these two people approach sex very differently, like, that's a conversation that has to happen. That's something that needs to be navigated. And sometimes it's very simple that the person who doesn't identify as ace is like, oh, no, yeah, it should be... F-. Like, we, we still, like, match up enough that it shouldn't be an issue or, like, that's when you contemplate maybe opening up the relationship or something i don't know there there are a lot of different ways to navigate this but it's still a conversation that needs to be had
1: no and i feel like the closest they got to having that particular conversation was after after they have a bunch of dates and they've made out a whole bunch and they've they've petted and it's there's they've had lots of sexual interactions Mm -hmm. um and they're getting closer to this conversation. Charlie feels close enough that he can actually, even though he was uncomfortable giving a title to it when he was with Parsha, now that he's with Dev, he's kind of ready to say something. Mm -hmm. So he says, I think I'm on the asexual spectrum. Dev is totally open to that and it's like, okay, I understand. And Dev is like, we can take this as slow as you want. I just want to be with you. So if you never want to have sex, that's fine with me pretty much like there's something around but then charlie's like no i want to have sex and dev is like oh
0: good like right now like Like, right this second as soon as i've like like, named this it's nothing that we have to worry about ever again
1: and like i'm like hold up hold up hold up dev no you obviously couldn't have a Mm long-term relationship with this man without having sex that is actually not a true statement
0: yeah yeah also the It boggles the mind how many books we have read about grown-ass people who had no idea that they were queer. And, okay, listen. Everyone's journey with their own identity and their own sexual identity is different. I understand that. I get that. If it takes you your entire life to realize who you are, that's your journey, and I celebrate that. But it seems like so many books just for whatever reason can't have people realize that they're queer and, and I'm like, also gonna say, like live in their queerness. Charlie like has
1: had a therapist uh-huh. since he was 12 uh-huh. and not the same therapist. I'm willing to bet since you're 12, you've changed therapist a couple times.
0: Yeah.
1: times. Um, along that journey, someone's going to bring up sex.
0: Yeah. And they're going to. Yeah, especially if he's talking to a therapist about like, I don't like to be touched. Yeah. How do you feel this will affect your intimate relationships with a potential partner?
1: It should have come up. Right. And and Charlie would have absolutely because he has had dates with girls Mm -hmm. and he has kissed women before. Yeah. And it does seem like he's done more than kiss. See, I wish not have sex. Yeah. But like there was a moment where because he was making out with a girl Uh uh, on the show and he pulled her into his lap.
2: Daphne.
0: And I was like,
1: yeah, poor Daphne. Okay, there's a whole nother thing we need to talk about in just a second here, but like <laughs> And I was like that's a man who's done this before mm-hmm. Like if you've never done that before the first time you're gonna do it isn't on camera.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> so especially if you don't like touching so this is also again a conversation he would have had now Do I believe he would have worked all that out with a therapist? No, I mean, no. probably not like cuz therapy is also uh, Like the best therapy is often self-directed. Yeah, Here's what I'm bringing up today, like here's how this is mo- moving for me. Here's how I'm moving through the world, and the mm-hmm. therapist may ask, may pull, may give, mm-hmm. give things. But like, if you never bring it up, it's never going to come up unless mm-hmm. the therapist really wants it to, for their own reasons or because they think you're avoiding it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm sorry, this would have come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I
0: think another approach that that this book could have taken cuz cuz he was also a virgin which like kind of makes sense but also so like i don't know is like i kind of feel like there's a there's a how to book out there that's like how to write queer romance and one of the steps is someone doesn't know that they're queer cuz that builds a lot of really great tension into your book and just like again everyone's journey is different and it's it's not that I I don't take umbrage with the fact that there are books about adult people who don't realize that they're queer. It's the sheer number of it. It's as if to say, oh, well, queer people just haven't figured it out yet. And I feel like something that could have been a lot more interesting uh, in this particular book is Charlie shows up at the show and like in college, he felt pressure to have sex because that's a way that he could prove that he was normal and he did have sex probably with a woman and then maybe made out with a guy a couple times and was just like i just wasn't really into it i wasn't really into it at all i don't think i'm interested in sex and i don't feel comfortable sharing that with people because of like how much our society revolves around sex
1: or that he began to feel the pressures of that Mm -hmm. and then disappeared into tech And was like, here's a great way for me to separate myself from humanity, Mm -hmm. to just disappear behind this computer. And like, uh, to avoid those interactions as much as possible. Um, And then over time, just like, like Wyatt. Like what I really liked about Wyatt is that Wyatt had opportunity for these things and just Mm -hmm. removed himself from it. and. He lived way out on a farm and was able to do whatever he wanted to Mm -hmm. all by his lonesome and preferred it that way. Mm
2: -hmm. Felt
1: the pressure. Yeah. And felt societal pressure Mm -hmm. to like be more. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But like once you're alone, you don't like with just two people you can say no. And I'm I'm out of this. (laughs)
2: Uh, He's so sweet.
1: And so that's why and I thought why it was a little bit better drawn but also the unfortunate thing is like with that particular author, like maybe if that why it had been more of a main character, maybe we would have seen some holes in the thinking mm-hmm. because it wasn't a narrow person who was writing it. But like, so what I did like was that, Oh look, we have two books where we have, uh, people who are on that particular sexual spectrum. Mm-hmm. Oh, hooray. That's exciting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, uh, Charlie has his shit together the moment the book needed it. Yeah. And which was just too easy. Mm -hmm. I'd actually like to move on to, because I think this is really important.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: All of the queer people who are in this book, and there's a lot of queer people. Almost all of them. (laughs) Who have all decided... Like every single one of them at some point says, "Ugh, you think I'm just some heteronormative guy when I'm not." Or, "Ugh, I don't give into this heteronormative like way of life." "Ugh, I don't believe in this heteronormative capitalism thing." What do you think? Who do you think I am? They all work for the show. Yeah. They all work forever mm-hmm. after. Yeah every single one of them and it was the first time in my life i thought Why, is it okay for me for just this book to say are the gays okay
0: <laughs> actually <laughs> that brings up i had a really great question because so- normally
1: is the straights okay and the answer is no no
0: not even a little um so charlie also has this like weird thing about gay people and then also dev assumes that charlie is slightly homophobic anyway They have this conversation where Charlie didn't realize that Dev is gay. And then when he finds out, Dev was like, how did you not know? And then Charlie says, in my defense, you're obsessed with helping straight people find love and your cargo shorts are hideous. It's like, okay. Yeah. About the cargo shorts. That's a cheap joke about, you know, like perceptions of gay men, but also like, what are you as a queer person who not only like working on the show, but like defends this show? Why are you so obsessed? with making straight people fall in love. That's kind of weird.
1: The one point I really did like in this book that I thought truly skewered the reality show thing, Mm -hmm. that I thought truly skewered it. Like, the rest of it, I thought, it was all obviously written by somebody who hate watches like not somebody who truly likes the genre but enjoys hate watching it Mm -hmm. the other book i think it was somebody who truly did enjoy Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and you know saw the fun in it and saw that there could be joy and excitement and like butterflies but um charm offensive did not does not see it that way Mm And, and but the only line, despite the fact that fact, except for making the women all out to be these horrific shark women who are in it for themselves, mm-hmm. which oh, bothered the hell out of me. Yeah,
0: yeah. The first thing we, his best friend is Jules, who works on the show with him, and the first thing we hear out of her mouth is something really cruel, like. You're fucking pathetic, blah, blah, blah. But it's like a cute little joke or whatever.
1: But the one thing that I think really skewers it is like, well, of course people find love on this. They're all straight white people from the same class stratosphere and who are all Christian. And hot. And hot. They all have like a basic amount of things in common with Mm -hmm. each other that they are already looking for in their future partners these are already people who would date each other. Mm -hmm. The the chances of them finding love is not remote on a show Mm -hmm. like this. Not at all. And under a pressure cooker situation,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, like you go through a traumatic situation with another person. I mean, we've been in theater long enough to know a lot of (laughs) couples who come out of bad shows.
0: (laughs) Well, that's why we're sitting (laughs) in this room, Claire, because we've been through trauma together in theater.
1: Trauma, but like- trauma does build a shared relationship and a shared experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when you come out of that, I 100% agree that a bunch of these people are actually in love Mm -hmm. and really actually care for each other. And it's beyond just the sex stuff. And it's beyond just like the, we were in a pressure cookish situation. Like they really do love each other. Mm I have believed that the whole time. Do I believe they came onto these shows for other reasons? yes do i believe they stay on the show sometimes for bad reasons yes
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: do i believe that they are lubricated with a lot of alcohol so that they can be a little bit more themselves or Mm -hmm. extra yes
0: and we saw this happening a lot with i think her name was megan the villain of Mm -hmm. the season that like they get cajoled and sort of pushed in a certain direction by the producers yes yeah
1: so like do I believe all of that 100% but what this book points out is yeah and they still fall in love Mm -hmm. because the show makes it possible for them to so I thought that was 100% the best skewering this book does of reality TV Mm -hmm. all of these people who are actively against the heteronormative life that is being pushed upon them by mm-hmm. larger companies like disney and abc and all of those things work for the show yeah
0: and the boss who's a monster and they all have these moments of just like oh we're suffering through this together go get other jobs kid like dev's been successful on this show for six years if he wanted to he could go get another job
1: in fact he probably has to because the show only films for three months
0: very true Um, so just to wrap up the plot and to wrap up this book uh, so Dev leaves the show after he and Charlie realize that they are in love and to Dev's point he's like Charlie's like well we can be together and Dev's like no you have to get engaged with one of these women for at least six months and then what am I going to do go back in the closet and like be your dirty secret for six months I don't want to do that fair fair so he leaves the show and then just before the finale, all the crew shows up at his parents' house and forces him to watch the show. And essentially what they did is um, we're able to get the, sh- the executive producer fired and then re-edited the show so that it also included uh Charlie and Dev. So it's like, oh, is he going to end up with this woman or is he going to end up with his handler? and then at the live finale they profess their love and everything's fine
1: yeah yeah i thought this was also going to be a case where the love interest doesn't show up at the live finale just like in the other book and they they would get to deal with their emotions off camera that was not the case with this one this one i thought that should happen the other one i thought he should show up on camera for her
0: (laughs) i wanted him to go away i kind of
1: would like to switch those two things so that was a little weird but you know whatever they they get together at the end of course they do and then the next uh season of it will now feature a princess who is a lesbian lady and all of her other princess ladies except she comes off the horse and she's dressed in slacks and a shirt
0: suddenly butched her up a bit
1: she's and she's a prince yeah she's 100 percent a prince and i was like oh so we've changed up the show
0: but it still has to be like a quote man and a woman
1: it's still hetero it's still to an extent heteronormative and patriarchal because we're still dealing with princes and princesses it's just like well even in this fantasy book we only get so much
0: (laughs) whatever that was that book
1: that was that book are you ready? Are you ready? Let's play Fuck yeah. Mary
0: Fuck Mary kill.
1: Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. Are
0: ready? Let's play Fuck Mary Kill. Yeah. Fuck Mary Kill.
2: Fuck Mary Kill.
0: Fuck
2: Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill.
0: Fuck Mary Kill. Are you ready? Fuck Mary Kill. Okay, Claire. Oh, yes, Neil. Are you ready to play Fuck Mary Kill? I am not, but let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that means I'm going first, isn't it? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so Claire, fuck Mary, kill dude, bros, dude, bros, uh, messy girls, messy girls. That's another thing we didn't really touch on in the Charm Offensive. That show was fucking messy. They brought on that one woman's like jealous ex who punched Charlie in the face. They that show was fucking messy. Anyway. Yeah. So fuck me, kill dude, bros, messy girls, or awkward members of the crew.
1: Ooh, ooh. Okay, I am going to, uh, I am going to marry awkward members of the crew, because I always have a crush on an awkward member of a crew. Like, <laughs> uh, is is there, is there a tall, bearded man who is quietly holding the boom in the back and looks authoritative? has a tattoo or two and looks at me piercingly in the eyes. Well, yeah.
0: That doesn't sound awkward at all, Claire.
1: Oh no, but I mean, we haven't, then we go to the canteen and he doesn't say hi to anybody and sits all by his lonesome and makes weird jokes sometimes.
0: Okay, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, I'm always for that guy, so I'm gonna marry that guy. I'm gonna fuck the messy woman. Okay. Because Because you know what? what? I think messy women got short shift in these two
0: books. (laughs) Fair. Fair. And you know what?
1: I I just want to give it to the girls. Uh Let's give it to the girls. Um and dude bros, (laughs) there were so many of them in these two books, and I just had it up to goddamn here with these (laughs) bros.
2: And so I'm killing them. (laughs) What I
1: one of the best parts of this book was when Megan was doing her thing, which is acting like a complete horror show and somebody else has followed her into the room and is acting a horror show with her and just perpetuating it and calling her crazy megan you're so crazy megan you're crazy 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 and charlie says enough that is not okay to say and he defends megan Mm -hmm. and i was like you know what this is a good moment in this book good job charlie great this is a person who's been through 12 like i say 12 years i don't know how long because it just says since he was 12 who has been through therapy for that long, who Mm -hmm. knows how to stand up for himself. That's the Charlie Winshaw we all want to marry. (laughs) Anyway.
0: He also, uh, there's a scene where, I think it was that same scene, where then he calls Dev out. He's like, you just stood around, all of you, you just stood around and watched. You just stood around and watched. the Like, this woman, who has been goaded into this behavior by a producer, like... Make a fool of herself and be abused, and you all just watched. And Dev's like, "It's my job." And Charlie's like, "The fuck is wrong with you?"
1: Yeah, I like that was a that was a good scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, "Yeah, Charlie, don't date this guy." Yeah, I honestly, in real life, these two would not be long together.
0: No. Anyway, anyway I will do the same. I will also marry the awkward member of the crew. I will fuck the messy lady. It'll be f- uh, it'll be fun, but also a really bad idea.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: And then I'll kill the dude, bro, because, you know, I've worked in tech. I've worked in finance. I don't want to do that anymore.
1: Um, well, then I guess it's my turn. Yes, please. Neil, fuck, yes. me or kill. Farmer. Uh-huh. Professor. Uh-huh. Pastry chef. Oh, by the way, these are all hot. And they are, none of them are the actual, like, Asher like it's okay. not, ash this asher is not a choice okay it is a professor okay of english literature
0: okay
1: he's gonna read poetry to you after you fuck good poetry okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think oh gosh okay so of this well mm, uh I think I will marry the pastry chef (laughs) after I was like, Oh yeah, the fat girl ends up with the pastry chef. I'm like, this fat girl's marrying a pastry chef. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because, uh, it is an interest of mine, but then it's also like far enough removed. Whereas I feel like marrying, uh, an English professor would just... It would just be too much of, like... We we would, like, argue over the dumbest shit and it would just be too much. (laughs) Um... So I think... I think I'm going to fuck the English professor. Um... Because I imagine... I say he. I'm adding genders on here. Um,
1: well, it's, it's you're welcome to. Okay, I mean, it's, great. It's fuck Mary killed. <laughs> like you're, you're like no, no. I must stick to the rules now.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. um, I'm gonna fuck the English professor and just assume that it's going to be like fucking Byron and just like that whole thing. Uh-huh. Um, and then, not that I want to, but I do have to. Kill the farmer. I don't want to, but that's that's the game.
1: That's the game. Oh. I I'm going to fuck the farmer. Okay. I'm going to marry the pastry chef mm-hmm. and I'm going to kill the professor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I feel like we in movies we put professors up on like, oh, that guy he lives in a brownstone somewhere and has written a lot of books. No, 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 no. That's a very few of them. Most of them live in very shitty apartments (laughs) and are just barely getting by.
0: Sure. Yeah, but also like
1: But I'm not in it for just the money. Yeah. What I'm saying is Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like you said, we get into stupid arguments, it's because of that ego. Fair. That that belief so that that I know I myself have. (laughs) Uh huh that I have a right to talk about these books <laughs> and to give my opinion on them.
0: And <laughs> it's not what Mary Shelley intended at all. Right. Just, yeah. And,
1: and as much as I'd probably enjoy having a conversation with them, oh, forever? I don't know how Matt puts up with me. I genuinely <laughs> don't know how that man puts up with me.
2: <laughs> so
1: that's the end of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like personal fantasy of mine Strongman, strawberry wine playing in the background, out in the middle of nowhere where fireflies are everywhere. Yes, 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 yes. This <laughs>
0: <'Cause it's> like <laughs> smell of hay.
1: Could could I log on to that for the rest of my life? I don't really know. Yeah, but croissant for the rest of my life. Mm. I can and will. Thank <sighs> you so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, our hours would never align though, because pastry chefs have to be up very early, and we I also and stay out very late.
1: It's true. It's true. I, I We'd figure it out. We'd figure it we'd out. Figure maybe it out. maybe it's a pastry staff who does pastries for like a French restaurant that's open late into the evening.
0: Or for like um, like catering or something. Right. Right, Yay. right, right, right.
1: And also like because baking is not my strong suit. So mm-hmm. I feel like we would compliment each other.
0: <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. The dinner parties that you two would throw. Holy fuck. <sighs> okay. Yeah, all, right. all the characters, Claire. Uh, who are you gonna fuck? Who are you gonna marry? And who are you gonna kill?
1: Okay, um, I am going to kill Parsha. Okay, I know you love her, and there's a lot of her I do love. Normally, I do love a sassy lady who knows herself so well and is helpful. But I dislike the self-diagnose moment, the 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 the, the diagnosed from a fire moment. Mm-hmm. I also dislike the pu- how pushy she was with Charlie. Yeah,
0: she calls him hot ass, which is a dumb thing to say to begin with. And then also because she knows how much it like bothers him. Yeah. But also the scene where they're parting. Cause she ends up being on uh, like sticking around for the, for the filming a bit where they're saying goodbye. And she's become close with like Devin and Jules. And she's crying. She's literally crying in the airport. And she looks at them as like, I'm not crying, daring them to argue with her. I'm like, I love it. I love it.
1: I mean, there was a lot about her I liked, but also like I
0: wanted her and Jules to end up together.
1: Yeah, I think the book did too. I,
0: yeah, that that felt like that's what they were hinting at the whole time.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. So, and maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. I don't know. I just, I also felt like she really never did have Charlie's best interests in mind. I know no. that 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 this is how we get the the romance, but I I if I was Charlie's manager, I would not make him go on ever after after things had happened that just it's again especially if he was one of my best friends like Mm. i wouldn't put neil i love you i want you to find romance i do great i want you to find somebody you want to be with for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. i want that i would never secretly sign you up for a dating reality show assuming you would find romance on it. (laughs) You know why? Because I'm not a horror show.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Most of the time.
1: Anyway, so I'm going to kill her. I know there's a lot of killable people. I mean, Franklin is a killable person. Uh, The dude bro's in that killable, but like he Franklin. was the he was the guy who told her like he he freaked out on her after Jefferson yeah Jefferson Jefferson why did I call Jefferson. him Franklin you, Benjamin Franklin named... I'm gonna kill Benjamin
0: Franklin <laughs> <laughs> well hey guess what
1: <laughs> um, Jefferson so I'm gonna kill Jefferson and mm-hmm. oh no I'm not gonna kill Jefferson I'm killing Parsha I could also kill Jefferson mm-hmm. oh my god this has gone on for too long um, I am going to. F- Fuck Luke, because that seems like a great idea.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I just said I'd marry a pastry chef, but he doesn't want marriage, and I'm not going to force him into yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, 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 Um, I am going to marry Sam. Oh. Because Sam is super supportive, super lovely, um, really honestly attracted Mm -hmm. to her and like in an open way Mm -hmm. and not in a way that's like i don't understand why nobody else is attracted to you just like no i'm into you
0: yeah he he i appreciated that he was obviously surprised that she was a a full-figured woman but he like got over it almost immediately and was like yeah she's fucking hot
1: yeah (laughs) no and he was kind and gentle um, does he need to get his shit together? Yeah, but so do I. We'll, yeah, we'll figure it out. also
0: those in-laws. Goodness.
1: Goodness, goodness. But anyway, okay. that's me. And you?
0: Um, I am also going to fuck Luke. Because... Oof. Yeah. That sounded like it'd be a really fun time. Um... I'm gonna marry B. Oh! He was great. She's I great. adored her. Um... Yeah, and then I'm gonna kill Asher.
1: Yep, saw that coming. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy.
0: And the books, Claire.
1: Um, I'm gonna kill the Charm Offensive. Yep. Um, uh, (laughs) I do want to read one section, please. That just uh, it's dumb, and you're going to think I'm dumb. (sighs) Maybe I'm not gonna read it. I can't find it. Like, uh, he goes, (laughs) he goes to get dev a coffee they're in Mm -hmm. germany he comes back and he's like oh i couldn't get i couldn't find any black coffee so i brought you an americano here's the thing an americano is a black coffee there's no cream in it that if you're just looking for fucking pure caffeine yeah (laughs) you want a double shot of espresso that was hard packed (laughs) it's gonna get you going but the other thing is, if you're just walking out into the street in Germany and you just go to a cafe, they probably only have espresso. They actually don't have anything else because lots of places in Europe only have an espresso machine and they're not fucking baristas mm-hmm. and they're just going to hand you a teeny cup of espresso because all you want is a caffeine hit. Yeah.
0: Also, so I'm sure they have Starbucks in Germany. <laughs>
1: and it was this like little tiny strange weird thing that it just just like a slight rewrite. Mhm. Just like a slight rewrite and it would make sense.
2: Mhm.
1: And that just made this book feel chaotic the whole way through. Like that doesn't make sense. A slight rewrite would make it make sense. So in my mind I felt like I was constantly adjusting for what the author actually probably wanted from me
2: <laughs> but didn't
1: put on the page, which was upsetting this is also her first first book her second book is coming out i think this year maybe next year mm-hmm. and i i wish her luck with it and part of me is like maybe i'll read that book because mm-hmm. maybe she'll have her her feet under her a little bit better mm-hmm. i think like she got a really good showing this is a simon and schuster imprint um so that's a really good showing for a first book mm-hmm. So I'm going to kind of assume actually the second book is probably going to be better. This is just, it was rough. Um, I'm close to marrying one to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, I read it super fast. I loved a lot of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm there there, but I thought this book knew who it was. Mm -hmm. And this book had a lot of love in it, like Mm -hmm. genuine love. Mm -hmm. So I, you know what? I'm going to marry it. Mm-hmm. Do I agree with the ending? Not entirely. Do I agree with her choice? Not entirely. Do I think Asher should have been written a little bit better?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: But I think I'm still going to go for it because yeah. I think that book knew who it was.
0: Great, great, great. great. Um, I am also going to marry one to watch. Um, it's great. I ugh, fucking Asher, but other than that, like it was so enjoyable to read. Um, and it handled things well and like there was nuance to there was nuance to beast feelings about yeah. like yes i am confident about my body and i do love my body but i also have moments that i don't and then i also feel pressure to constantly love my body because of who i am like because of the career i've made for myself and the reason why i'm here and now i feel bad for feeling bad about my body and all that good stuff um and then charm offensive i guess i'm also gonna kill it too like it was it was rough to get through and then like neither of those men should be in a relationship right now they both got so much work left to do but whatever he's rich and he bought them a house in la so everything's fine i guess (laughs) Rumble,
1: rumble, rumble. rumble
0: rumble rumble hey neil yes
1: you know what I think it's time for?
0: What time is it for?
1: I think it's time for our favorite game.
0: <gasps> Christine yes! Yeah! I am ready. Yay! I'm
1: ready. I'm ready. All right, ready. Neil.
0: Okay. Okay. So, I realized when I picked these books, I'm like, after Claire picked her books, knowing I'd be mad at her for certain reasons... And then I pick these books, I'm like, oh, now I'm just rewarding her for that behavior because I think these, <laughs> these these are books that I think Claire will really like, and I bet you if I, I would not be surprised if one of these has been on her list for a while. Okay, so the books that we are reading are The Code for Love and Heartbreak by Gillian Cantor and Most Ardently by Susan Mesler-Evans.
1: Okay. See, I thought that you were going with the tech industry because of the code in the first one, but now I don't think mm-hmm. that that's what it is. Um most ardently. I wonder if I know what the word ardently actually means. I think I don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it's...
1: I'm, i feel like i i just I, it sounded like i laughed at you for not knowing it but honestly i was like i could see that yeah no no i like it's all by itself and as i've said it over in my mind i'm like i i feel like i do know what it means but am i assuming i know what it means it it, s- it, it, it means
0: like... like done with ardor like vehemently
1: like yeah. sincerely right
0: yeah and like
1: But it's almost more stronger It's stronger yeah. than sincere It's right. like
0: it's Emphatically It's a force of
1: nature um, I have a guess But I want Christine to guess two more times I want to say like um, Like an etiquette school
0: Okay Christine That is incorrect <laughs> But do you know how much I would love to read those fucking books <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm mad like... at myself <laughs> uh, But no that is not that is not it.
1: What's the title of the first one again? With the, code? the first
0: one is The Code for Love and Heartbreak by Jillian Cantor and the other is Most Ardently by Susan Mesler Evans.
1: God, we've done writers before but I want to say maybe like linguistics? Linguistics professors?
0: Also books that I really want to read but <laughs> unfortunately no.
1: Uh all right, I, mean, I don't both know. Both of these sound familiar, especially like the 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 one that's titled with the code in it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. So, not on my list, Neil. Good job. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. But I oh. will say right. it sounds like these are Jane Austen themed.
0: These are modern retellings of Jane Austen <sighs>
1: books. Oh my god. Oh my <laughs> god. And and I picked up on that because most ardently is a famous line from Persuasion, okay. uh, so in 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 Persuasion, oh well, no, that's not it, no, it's it's not. Uh, I said that and it's incorrect. It's, uh, it's Pride, Pride and Prejudice, and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. but like because he says, "I really do love you most ardently," and it's like his first proposal, um, or is it his second? Well, now I sound like a dick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have never read Jane Austen, so. <laughs> You're I mean, it just what it kicks thing, off though. in
1: me, what kick what it kicks off in me is like the the persuasion one because that's like I think a better letter than the one that's in. So anyway, persuasion me, 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 me. had a movie recently, right? Um, they all have movies every year. <laughs> like there's yeah. like something will come out. I do recommend Emma, uh which came out before the pandemic weekend. Yeah. Honestly, so good, so good. Mm-hmm. It's just perfect.
0: C.S. Uh, so yes, most Ardently is a modern lesbian retelling of Pride and Prejudice, and The Code for Love and Heartbreak is a modern retelling of Emma. Oh my nice, goodness. nice, 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 yes. nice, So that is that, and I am very excited, even though I've never, I've seen movies for both of them. I have not read Jane Austen, and I like feel a little bad about it, but well so I've
1: I've read all the books thrice and I still fucked up I was like oh no it's from Persuasion <laughs> <laughs> and then all the Jane Austen fans who listened to us went Roar! <laughs> <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> because they're <are> dinosaurs <laughs> that's, not true, that's not true that's not true Jane Austen fans I love you so much it <laughs> was just a funny sound I made <laughs> well I love they're, dinosaurs they're sexy
0: dinosaurs like in Chuck Tingle <laughs>
1: Yes. yes yes
0: yes 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 yes, yes. oh
1: well hooray i'm so excited yeah
0: so we have those to look forward to
1: (laughs) well all right neil Uh then i guess all we have left to uh to say is thank you is our thank yous (laughs)
0: thank yous thank you claire
1: (laughs) thank you neil
0: thank you christine thank you
1: christine Thank
0: thank you authors
1: thank you so much authors i know Boy, do we pile on the shit talk. But honestly, congratulations. It is, both. this is like first outings for both of these authors and Mm -hmm. it is hard enough to get a book published and it is hard enough to get a book published and these are both pretty major book publishers. Mm -hmm. So honestly, like hats off, congratulations. This is an endeavor and I'm proud of both of these people for getting out Two, Mm -hmm. two things and they're great in their own ways even if i didn't like one
0: also you have our you already have our money so fuck what we say
1: yeah (sighs) fuck
0: us (laughs) (laughs) thank you listeners
1: Thank you so much. And of course, um, if you did like what you hear, like please rate, star, subscribe on all of the things on any of the apps that you happen to be on with us. Follow us in the places where we can be followed. And I swear to God, at some point, we're going to have content on those things.
0: <laughs> nah. And please be sure to tell people about us um, so that they can uh, come join this love puddle that we've created. <laughs>
1: And as they say at the end of Connor Ratliff's podcast Dead Eyes, uh, also tell Tom Hanks about us. <laughs> <'Cause> why not? <laughs> He's been in a lot of romantic comedies. I think he would kind sure. of get a kick out of our sure. romantic Or like,
0: <laughs> tell Nora Roberts. Fuck it.
2: Oh, I think
1: she's dead. Oh, no. is she? No, she's not dead. I was thinking of Nora Ephron. <laughs> One out for our homies. <laughs>
0: oh goodness. Okay. Anyway, if you can <laughs> do so, get us out of the hole. <laughs> if you can do so safely,
1: um, and consensually,
0: and uh, on a fantasy date in Ohio,
1: supported by your therapists and chosen prescriptions,
2: <laughs> keep fucking.